0: You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Man. Man, it's been a busy year, but a great year. And today I want to take some time to, to really celebrate some of the things that God has done through you and in this church Uh in 2016 and we don't we, we do this uh, once a year where we we like to focus on vision we like to focus on what God is doing and I want to cast some vision to today as well as far as where I think God is going to uh, lead us and some things that some exciting things that God is going to do in and through you this year Proverbs 29:18 says where there is no vision the people perish. And so we have a big vision here at Foothills Church because we serve a big God. And so I'm excited. It's great to see all of our young people here today in this service. We had some in the second as well. Where are all the students at today? Some right here? Where are you guys at? Now, did you guys get a good solid eight hours of sleep last night? I'm sure you're ready to go. So, so we're going to talk about exciting things. So it's it's going to be easy to stay awake, but just in case, your, your buddy next to you starts to fade or whatever. Just feel free to elbow him, get him right in the kidneys, and it'll wake him up and he'll be good to go. Um, no, man, let, let me start just kind of by reminiscing a little bit and celebrating what God did in 2016. And so if you're new, I hope this will kind of be helpful for you to kind of get an idea of what, what we're doing. I, I certainly can't mention everything, but I want to mention a few things. And I'll start with our night of worship. Uh, this past year, we did a night of worship and we actually recorded that evening. And, and so uh, the end of this month, that album will release, and so we're really excited about that for you guys to use that uh, to promote the worship ministries of our church, and it's a great evangelistic tool as well. Uh, I'm excited about our Mother's Day Out ministry; we're we're reaching over 70 families right now. Um, it's a great arm into the community. I, I would encourage you to uh, help us communicate to our city that, that we've got a great preschool ministry that's going to get their kids ready for school, but but also share the gospel and and uh, so. This is a great path for unchurched people in our community to really begin to connect at Foothills Church. We've got a three-star rating, which is the highest, so help us communicate that. Leanne is doing an incredible job. We're excited about that. Our FC Kids ministry is just blowing and going. Man, God is blessing that as well. The team is, is, is growing. I'm thankful for Patrick and his leadership a lot of new leaders this year plugging into that ministry and i think this this past year uh, we baptized 23 kids and so man can we praise jesus for that those kids that god's transforming and we take those kids through a process. Mom and dad are involved. We, we show them what the gospel is. Moms and dads are a part of that. And, and um, it's just really exciting to see our kids' ministry growing. And, and obviously, you can kind of see a little picture in this service uh, of our student ministry. God is is growing and doing some exciting things in our student ministry as well. One of the cool things is on Wednesday nights, there are hundreds of teenagers here that are connecting to Jesus. Now I get it. Some of them show up, uh, especially some of the guys probably to, to, to meet some girls. And I, I get that. Or maybe you're eating something or whatever it is. It's fun. But, but here's the cool thing. Pastor Landon is just bringing the gospel week in and week out. And he has an incredible group of adult leaders. Let me see the hands of all the adult leaders in the room right now. Awesome. We praise you. Man, we love you guys. Thank you for pouring into these students and investing into their lives. And because of your work, 96 teenagers accepted Christ this year. Isn't that amazing? Can we praise Jesus for that? It is exciting. The hand of God is is moving here, and it's just great to see this. Easter this past year was incredible. Uh, We went to the Clayton Center on on Maryville College campus and uh, had an incredible time, broke attendance records. We baptized 52 people on that day. Again, God just moving and blessing uh, on an incredible day. I'm excited to talk about Easter this year. We did a series called Let's Go. And during that series, we had a serve day. And on that day in particular, over 300 people served in 30 to 40 different ministry projects around this community. So we had groups that were doing yard work at the Boys and Girls Club. We had one group that was remodeling a house for a cancer patient patient who was their next door neighbor. Just incredible, incredible things. And so on that day, man, God did a, an extreme amount of work for this community. When we talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus, we're actually seeing this. Not only that, but all of our small groups. Man, our small group ministry is just growing, and a lot of you guys are connecting this year in groups, and every month they're focusing on a local ministry, an organization to love on and to serve. And so literally becoming the hands and feet of Jesus, seeing lives transformed, and, and literally taking the gospel to these places by, by serving them in various ways. We went overseas this year. We're in Kenya. We're in Kenya. Uh, Africa. We went to Haiti, uh, going again this year, went to London this year. Uh, man, God is just really expanding our horizons as far as an inter- international impact. And I'm excited as we move forward. Uh, we, we give almost $50,000 away this year to organizations and, 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 and to uh, companies, groups, ministries that are doing an incredible work for the gospel. So as you give and we're giving, I'm excited to increase that and, and see God bless our generosity. Not only that, but... Uh, we we planted uh, and sent Pastor Greg and his wife Grace to Washington, D.C., so we were supporting them financially, and man, God is doing a work in uh, D.C. for him. Now, he hasn't actually launched the church yet. That's going to launch this fall, but right now what he's doing is he's creating uh, a, a leadership team, and so this past week, he was so excited. He, he actually had thir- over 30 people, so he hadn't broke the 30 number yet, and so man, he, he's, he's excited sharing the gospel with these folks, casting vision, and God's doing a great work in uh, Washington, D.C., through your generosity and his ministry. We actually began our, our, our new facility. So we had a groundbreaking ceremony, and some of you guys were a part of that. And I got to drive an excavator, and I don't know, that was so cool. to bust down a wall, and I didn't kill anybody, so it was a good day. And, man... It's just exciting to see God's vision actually taking place here at our church. You know, something we've been praying about and thinking about for so long, and we're finally able to build this new auditorium. Food for Kids this year was incredible. We gave away 10,000 meals to kids in need in our community. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's a lot of food. So I'm, I'm so excited about the, the, the team that's involved in that and making that a reality Um, I mentioned our small groups, but one of the things God's really been doing is there's a group of 50 men right now and they're meeting in a discipleship group. Uh, It's been a year long process for them. And man, God is growing these men. Uh, They're getting discipled on how to lead other people. And at the end of this year, we're hoping and praying they're starting other groups and other uh, small groups. And I just really believe that these 50 men, man, God is blessing them. We gathered last week and worshiped and prayed and and, and just a leadership movement is beginning to happen in our midst. And and I'm so excited to see how God is blessing that. Christmas was incredible this year. Five different services. I thought we were gonna die. There were so many services. And so awesome to see you guys inviting your friends. And so I just wanna say thank you uh, and really, from 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 my, our staff and from our heart, like like thank you for trusting us. Like when you invite a friend to come to church, you're putting a lot of trust in me. Like I'm not gonna you know say something dumb or we're gonna have a, a weird experience or whatever. But but you guys are continually inviting people and bringing them here, and God is blessing those invitations in an incredible, incredible way. You gave over $2 million this year. It was a new record. We grew over financially 25%. We hired four new staff members as a result. I and mean, that's an incredible amount of money that you guys are giving. We had some large donations this year. I'm so thankful for, for how God blesses someone financially and then blesses his church. But the, the reality is you believe in the vision, you believe in the direction, and God is using that to further resource all of our ministries in an incredible, incredible way. As a result. We finally broke a 1,300 barrier that we've been at for a, a while. And so last uh, few weeks, we've been well over that, man. Church continues to grow. In total, we saw 141 people come to know Christ this year. Can we just praise God for what he's doing? I mean, I, I praise him this morning. I, I praise him for you guys, for your commitment, the ministries that you're a part of, the connection that you uh, are connecting together in groups and Man, I'm so thankful to be your pastor. I'm so thankful to have a church where where God is working and moving in incredible ways. Well, not long ago, I took our staff off site. We do this regularly. We talk about issues and talk about strategy and, and uh, future and things like that. And uh, in this one particular session, I I played some really kind of creepy like graveyard music, you know. And uh, I, I put this image on the screen of this you know cla- you know dark moon and, and like this haze and this graveyard is kind of really creepy and stuff. And, and it was also kind of weird too. And they were like looking at me like, what are you doing? And so kind of let the music sit there. We kind of looked at this image and I said, okay, I want you guys to imagine with me. And I want you guys to imagine with me right now, all right In 20 years, what if Foothills Church was dead? In 20 years, Foothills Church is dead. And imagine like you come to this place. And when you get here, like, there's no young people here because young, young people don't want to come. When you bring your kids to church, they cry because they hate it so much. When you get here, the worship service is just dry and boring. Com- you know, the community doesn't even really know we exist. You come here, and it's not crowded in the hallways, parking is super easy. <laughs> Imagine that for a minute. Like you don't have to park in the grass. You get a front row spot. You get to come in and sit in the exact same seat every single Sunday. Nobody sits there. There's actually a little plaque. It has your name on it because you bought it. Imagine our church is dead. And I asked our staff that question. And then I asked them why. Why would that happen? And for the next couple of hours, we spent a lot of time writing things on little post-it notes and putting them on the board and, 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 and strategizing on why this happen or how this could happen and so we talked about our staff and how you know if our staff has moral issues or failures then that's going to affect our church if our staff's not unified around the vision man it's going to kill the church and so we talked about that we talked about how if the people aren't willing to serve if the people don't buy into the vision man it's it's going to fail it's going to it's going to it's going to tank if if the people aren't willing to get engaged in the community if we're not taking the gospel to our city if we're not the hands and feet of uh, of Jesus to the city then we're we're going to we're going to fail if we don't if we're not willing to change our methods and if we're not willing to you know try new things and man, we're gonna, we're gonna die if we don't have a heart for families, if we don't have a heart for young people, man, we're gonna, we're gonna die. And at the very end, one of the staff members said, you know what, here's the deal. FC will die if we lose our why. FC will die if we lose our why. In other words, why are we even here today? Why do you bring your kids? Why do you bring your students? Why did you show up this morning? Why do we even exist as a church? And if you lose your why, then pretty much anything in your life will tank. If you don't understand why you are doing something and have a vision for why you're doing it and you're not committed to that why, then it will inevitably just break down and die. And that's the truth for the church. And so I wanna spend a few minutes talking about what our why is as a church. Why do we exist? Why do we come to church? Young people, why do you come on Wednesdays? Why is it important that we're even here today? Well, it's very simple. Jesus gives to us what is called the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And he tells us in that one verse what we as a church are supposed to do. And not just our church, but any church that exists in the world today. This is our mission. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says, this is why you exist. This is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples It's very simple what we're called to do, what he wants us to do. And and so at Foothills Church, we talk about our vision statement, and our vision statement is simply our way of accomplishing the mission of making disciples, and that's our our unique way of how we're going to do that. And so we say it like this, we exist to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. And so I could talk about what a disciple is and kind of narrow that down. I, I could spend a, a whole sermon talking about what a, a, a mature disciple looks like and what he or she does. But today I want us to, to focus on the relational environment component because that is the very essence of how we accomplish making disciples. And it helps us because I think when we focus on the relational component, we realize what we must do in order to experience this growth. Because the reality is some of you here, you're not here to listen to a vision statement today or a vision, you know, sermon. Your marriage is falling apart and you need help. You know, your finances are a train wreck and you're like, help me out. What am I supposed to do? And and, and, and so you're asking these questions, but I want to take every single one of your questions today, and I want to I narrow it down on what Jesus wants you to do in your life. And so why do we do relational environments? I hope it becomes clear for you today. The first reason, if you want to take notes, I'm going to give you five quick ones today. The first reason why we make disciples in relational environments is because Jesus was a relational disciple maker. Look at his life, see what he did while he was here. And he spent time making those disciples, developing those men in a relational environment. In fact, the Bible says this in Mark three fourteen. it really outlines it. It says that he, Jesus, appointed 12 so that they might be with him. Circle those words in your Bible, with him, and he might send them out to preach. So circle that word, send. The whole point of Jesus's earthly ministry, yes, culminating in the cross, dying for sins, giving us the hope of heaven, and yet what he spent the majority of his time doing as he was preparing for that day was discipling a group of 12 men. And he was with them. In other words, he did life with them. He hung out with them. He taught them. He equipped them. He challenged them all culminating in that point of of sending them out to preach. And so he doesn't gather them and grow and develop them so that they can just sit and soak and learn more and learn more. No, he teaches them, he develops them so that he can send them out to be leaders. And I believe God wants to do that in your life and in my life and through and in this church as well. Now, a relational environment is a small group of people. It could be anywhere from three people to 18 people. I like that 12 number. It could be an all men's group. It could be an all women's group. It could be all married people group. It could be married people, single people, young and old. I, I, I think the more integrated, the better because it gives us different perspectives in, in our life and, and in our ministries and in our walk with the Lord. And, and so in this group, we are meeting intentionally every week for the purpose of making disciples, for the purpose of growing now that's important because some of you have been a part of groups and you go to group and you eat and you hang out and it's a great social environment, but you never get to the opening up the Bible part, reading the scripture part and saying, oh, we're supposed to do this. Are you doing this? And challenging each other to grow I mean, that's what a relational environment does. That's the best way that you and I can grow. When I have people speaking into my life, when you have people speaking into your life, God wants us to be in a relational environment for the purpose of growth. And so secondly, if you're taking notes, we make disciples in relational environments because God created us to be in relationships. He created us to be in relationships. Now, no matter if you're an extroverted person and relationships are easy for you, Or if you're an introverted person and relationships aren't so easy for you, the reality is God wants you to be in relationships. He's hardwired each of us in our DNA to be in relationships. We know this from the very beginning in Genesis chapter two, God says it's not good for man to be alone. So he creates Eve. Now, what that doesn't teach us is that all the men in the room are supposed to get married because elsewhere in the scripture, the Bible says, hey, if you can remain single, Hey, remain single. You're gonna avoid a lot of problems in your life if you do that. Amen to that, right? A little side note for you, all the single folks in the room. But he says, if you desire to marry, go for it. But the point of this text here is that God created us to be in relationships. It's not good for you to be a lone ranger. It's not good for you just to show up to church, you know, for an hour and to go home and not really engage. It's not good for you. So the reality is you're missing out. You're missing out on reaching your full potential as a follower of Christ. God wants to do more in you. Thirdly, we make disciples in relational environments because we need others to mature as Christians. We need each other to mature. I I, I can't reach my potential on my own. I I can't reach maturity and stay in maturity on my own. I need people in my life. The scripture says it best in Hebrews 3.12. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil and unbelieving heart, leading you away from the living God, but exhort one another every day As long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. He says every day we need this encouragement. Why? Because left to ourselves, we're always going to gravitate towards selfishness. We're always going to gravitate towards what pleases ourselves. And so we need others around us. We need people in our life to continually encourage us and exhort us each day to follow Christ, live for Christ. And whatever principle we're, we're struggling with in that day, that word from the Lord is gonna encourage us. We need each other to mature. This is why relationships are so important. Number four, we make disciples here at FC in relational environments because we can do more together than we can alone. Now, the business world has, has, has kind of hijacked that principle. Athletic, you know, uh, athletes and sports teams take that same principle because it's true. In a biblical sense, we can do so much more together than we ever could on our own. In fact, the scripture teaches it all over the place. In Romans twelve four and 5, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. So the reality is, we can do more together because this is how God orchestrated His church. We gather together with different talents, different experiences All kinds of history, different personalities. And God puts all of these differences together and He forms one body. And He says, as long as you guys are focused and intentional about making disciples, you put your preferences aside, you unify around the vision, together we can function as a healthy body that grows and that makes a difference in our community. But when we get sidetracked on why we're here, we get sidetracked on sin selfishness, pride gets in the way, disunity follows, we miss what the Lord has for us. You have a gift. You have something to offer this church and the ministries of this church. And until you find out what that is, you won't reach your complete maturity. You won't reach your potential in Christ. So that's challenging, but it's also exciting. It's exciting because there's more in you. There's more that you can do. There's more that you can experience. There's more that God wants you to experience, but you're gonna have to engage relationally. Now, number five is we make disciples in relational environments because listen to this. The Christian life hinges on your ability to develop relationships and share the gospel. Let that sit in. At the end of the day, following Jesus, what we're called to do here in the church really hinges on our ability to develop relationships and share the gospel. If all of your relationships today are in turmoil and you are not a part of a church or a ministry that's sharing the gospel, you're far from where God wants you to be today. But when we get the following things right, when we, when we get united around making disciples in relational environments, we become an army. We become a launching pad to change this city for the gospel Let me show a few verses that'll help prove this point. In Micah 6, 8, it says this. It says, He has showed you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? I love this. Let's just pause for a second. What does the Lord require of you? You're in college today and you're trying to figure out what in the world am I supposed to do with my life? So you're asking God, what do you want me to do, God? I don't know. What do you want me to do, God? Tell me, I don't know what I'm doing. Some of you are in a marriage and it's on the rocks. You're like, God, tell me what to do. Some of you financially train wreck. What am I supposed to do? Well, here's what the Lord really kind of simplifies. Whatever issue, whatever problem you've got today, here's what you are to do. He says to love and to act justly. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Act justly. Act justly for who? Your wife, your kids, people on your team. Act justly for the people that you're in relationship with. It's all about relationships. Love mercy for who? Love mercy for your spouse, your kids, the people that you're in relationship with. Love mercy for others and to walk humbly with your God. This is what you're called to do. This is is the simplicity of the gospel. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we have what we call the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, when you're a follower of Christ, the Spirit is in your life. He's growing you. He's challenging you. There's evidence of that relationship in your life, and we call that fruit. And so the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, review your life. Think about this. Love for who? Love for other people. Gentleness towards who? Who? Other people. Patience towards who? Other people. You see, the whole Christian life really hinges on how you're developing the relationships in your life and how you're sharing the gospel. In other words, how you're making disciples and how you're involved in that process. You look at the 10 commandments and the 10 commandments are all about relational issues. Think about it. Don't commit adultery. That's a relational issue, isn't it? How about this one? Don't kill somebody. <laughs> that's a pretty good relational component of our life. Just That's the big idea today. Trent said, don't kill anybody. That's my vision for the future. Yes. <laughs> Grab that one today. Jesus has asked, what's the greatest commandment? You remember what he says. He said, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What does that have to do with anything? Your relationship with God, your relationship with other people. What do the relationships in your life look like around you? How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your boss? How's your relationship with your kids? How are you engaged in sharing the gospel? you in a small group? You're giving, committed to this church? Man, you're, you possibly could be missing out on the blessing that God wants to give to you and your family this year. So here are some opportunities for our future that we can begin to partner and make disciples together. And and, and opportunities and ways for you to maybe change things for 2017 and step into this process. And so let me give you a few ways and things and ideas and direction of where we're going. So let me talk about our sermons. So our sermon series. Next Sunday we're going to start a four-part series entitled Reshape. We're going to talk about how many of us need to reshape how we think about our finances. And so we're going to dive into that. It's going to be great as we look at God's Word. From that we're going to start a series called Runner. Runner. You're either running with God or you're running away from God. And so we're gonna look at the life of Jonah Oh man, what an incredible story. We're gonna take five weeks to dive into it. Bring every person that you know to church during that series. It's gonna to minister to them and touch their life. From there, I'm, I'm excited about Easter because we're gonna jump right into Easter after that. And Easter services we usually do off campus in a bigger venue, but because we were trying to save some money and be a little bit more cost savings this year, we decided to do Easter here. And so here's what we're gonna do for Easter. We're gonna have five services and it's gonna start on the Wednesday before Easter. So all the students in the room, Easter service is on Wednesday. You gotta invite everybody that you possibly know. Bring them here. Bring your families here on that Wednesday. It's gonna be our Easter experience. It's gonna be an incredible night. Then we're gonna do one on Friday night, same concept. And then we're gonna do three on Sunday morning, different times than our normal hours because we need more time to kind of get people on campus and off campus. But here's what I wanna ask you guys to do. Don't come to the 10 o'clock service on that day (laughs) because everybody and their brother in this town is gonna wanna go at 10 o'clock because that's the number one time in the world, right? In America, let me just back that up. In America to go to church, is 10 o'clock. And so so, uh, five different opportunities. Come to the first one, come to the third one on that day. Uh, Gonna be an incredible day. We're gonna see people come to know the Lord. We're gonna baptize. It's going to be an awesome day. Right on the heels of... Of that we're going to do a series on romance and so we're going to talk about how we can spice up our romantic life and so all the single folks you're not going to miss that all the married folks y'all need this and the title of the series is no man so that's what we're going to look at song of solomon and uh, we're going to figure this deal out um fast forward we're going to do a couple other ones but then we're going to hit into where all the bible nerds are going to be excited When we jump into the book of Acts, we're gonna go through the entire book together, chapter by chapter. You're gonna love it. You're gonna underline things in your Bible. You're gonna journal. You're gonna learn so much about the early church. Now, somewhere in the book of Acts, we're gonna open up a brand new facility that seats 1,200 people and everything's gonna change. We're gonna have parking. We're gonna move from this room. Kids are gonna come in here. We're gonna go next door. It's gonna be an amazing transition. And I wanna talk about it for a second because it's a big deal. I was talking to our staff the other day, and I got them to imagine this. I want to get you guys to begin to imagine this as well, okay? So we were in a graveyard earlier. Now we're at a swimming pool, okay? You with me? It's 85 degrees. It feels beautiful outside. The sun is out, and you're at a swimming pool. And this swimming pool is surrounded with everybody in this room. We're there, right? And, and, and we're going to have the biggest splash contest, So some of you, you want to get in on that, right? And so you're getting in line, you're getting in line at the diving board. Everybody in the room is sitting around the swimming pool, right? And so if you're going to be in the biggest splash contest, you want to make the biggest splash, but you also want to soak everybody that's near you, right? Because you just want to dominate this thing. You're going to win. So when you get to the edge of that diving board and you you want to make the biggest splash possible and you want to soak everybody, what dive are you going to do? cannonball. Thank you. You're in the back row. Now, you're going to do a cannonball. Now, if you're old like me, you may not be able to do the cannonball with both knees, so you're going to go with the can opener, right? So either way, you're going to do something. You're not going to do a swan dive, right? You're not doing that. You're not doing the back dive. You're not doing the pencil, right? You're not doing a pencil. You're breaking out the cannonball. Why? Because you want to make the biggest splash, and you want to soak everybody. Now, listen, when you and I open up this new auditorium I wanna make the biggest splash possible in this community. I want people in a 20 mile radius to know that there is a church that exists named Foothills Church. And if I don't go to church anywhere, I should probably go check that place out. I want everybody to know that because we only get one shot to make this transition. And we're gonna be very creative. We're gonna be talking about this this year because it is one of the biggest things we're ever gonna do. I know on that day, we're gonna have at least 3,000 people show up. That's a lot of people. And here's what I know, here's what I know. 3,000 people doesn't excite me, doesn't do really anything for me growing up. Uh, In in a big church, I don't care about numbers. What I care about is what those numbers represent. And every single number represents a person with a story. And I imagine there's a single mom who slept in today and who really didn't wanna get out of bed because her kids are acting crazy She doesn't have any hope in her life, but she's gonna get invited to Foothills Church this year and her life is gonna be transformed by the gospel. There's a dad at home today who's sleeping off a hangover and he can't really stand his wife and he doesn't really know his kids, but you work with him and you're gonna start talking to him about the gospel and what God's doing in your life and eventually he's gonna come to church this year. He's gonna hear the gospel and Jesus Christ is gonna change his life. And we're gonna see this happening every week and every month. And as long as we're faithful to the great commission to make disciples, he's gonna use you and he's gonna grow you and he's gonna bless you. And so our sermon series, our our, our growth into the new building, all of this is in about an eighth month process. And so I wanna close by talking about our theme for this 8 year season of our of our life. So for the next 8 months, I want us to think about this, I want us to live this, and I want us to be prepared to grasp this concept that you and I for 8 months, we've got to finish strong. We got to finish strong. What does that mean to finish strong? Well, it's easy to get something started. It's easy to get, you know, be here for a few weeks. It's easy to get something, you know, created. But what separates the men from the boys are those that actually finish strong and finish well and so we've got to finish this eight month season the the time it's going to take to, to to build this auditorium really well so two components of this I, I want to give you I want to give you four ways that we're going to manage this that we're going to, we're gonna embrace this process today and and the first one is really simple if you're taking notes so for the next eight months I want to challenge you to manage this process and finish strong so manage the process so what does that mean? Well we obviously have growth issues in our church. Parking is definitely an issue. The third service people, bless your heart. You probably have the hardest time because second service is leaving and you're coming and all this kind of stuff. So here's the deal. I wanna give you a few ways that we can begin to help eliminate this problem and, and finish strong and manage this tension because it is a tension. I mean, we'd all would like to come and, and have a spot, but, but the reality is we're, we're growing and, and, and we have some issues. So don't let it frustrate you. Have patience. Let's manage it together. Here's one way that we're, we're gonna do this. So you know where the main entrance is. The second entrance to our property is a little gravel road kind of in this direction. And it leads to a pristine gravel road that, that, that morphs into a grassy knoll. And this, this grassy knoll is prime... Time parking. I'm just telling you. It's beautiful sod and and there's some gravel, there's a few weeds, but at the end of the day, it's a great place to park. I want to encourage you guys, feel free to park there and fill it up. Here's the second way we're gonna manage this. This great company that is behind us has graciously opened up their parking lot. It's called Schneider Electric. And uh, we've got a map, we can, we're gonna put this online and show you more. But you basically turn right at the light and then that first right takes you to that. You can park in that, uh, in their parking lot and we have a gravel little paved, beautiful little scenery paved like you're, you know, it's just wonderful as you walk up, there's trees and there's everything there. And, and so if you park back there, we're gonna open up space to continue to grow. Isn't that exciting? So we park a little bit further away so that moms with little kids can have a good spot some of the elderly folks can have a good spot, right? And, and, and here's the great news. All the young church people who demand a spot are going to get a spot. Why? Because we want to show hospitality to them. We want to be generous to them. And so we'll, we'll be willing to park further away on grassy knolls and at other places so that they can have a spot. So we're going to manage that. The second thing we're going to manage is our attendance. So attending is awesome. We got to come every week, right? We have three options to attend. And so, for us to continue to grow and to do what God wants us to do over the next eight months, I really, 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 really need you guys to stay in the third service. So, some of you are here in the third service because your kids came. Here's the reality don't go back to the second. Say bye bye to the second service. Go to the first service or stay here in the third service. Doesn't the third service feel cool? Doesn't it feel good? Oh, yeah. The third service is where it's at. You get to sleep in a little bit more. You know, it's 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 wonderful, right? Your kids will will rise up and call you blessed if you let them sleep in a little bit longer, but but here's the deal: I'm dead serious. We well, can laugh and joke about it, but if we're gonna grow over the next eight months, we gotta open up some stinking seats, right? And the second service doesn't have that many. The third service has some, and so I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to push everybody into the first service, uh, especially or the third. We're gonna park different. That's gonna be one way that we're gonna manage the process. The second thing that I want to ask you to do is engage the process. So some of you have been attending for a while and you've never gone to base camp. Like you've never experienced like those first steps. And I just want to encourage you, go to base camp, experience it, become a partner, pursue partnership at the very least. Camp two is a life transforming class that that will help you understand why God put you on this earth. Camp three will grow you as a leader. Like, we didn't, I didn't come up with the journey because I didn't have anything else to do. I really believe it works. I really believe it changes lives. We've seen it. Engage this process of discipleship. And secondly, I wanna encourage you to engage the mission. So There are a lot of ways to engage the mission this year. We're gonna go back to London. We're sending a team to London because we wanna plant churches there. How cool is that? I wrote an article on my uh, website this week, go home and read that and, and gives you a little bit more information on that. Uh, we're, we're going to India, uh, we're going to Mumbai and we're also uh, going to an area that the International Mission Board has said, this is a region where the gospel has never been preached. And we want Foothills Church to, to just be over that area and to send people to that area and to commit to that area. How awesome. Is that we'll send some teams there to show the gospel. Some of you, that would freak you out. Like if you did that, others of you are like, sign me. Uh, that's encouraging, man. I, I I feel like God is gonna continue to bless us in, in Haiti as we continue to send trips there. We're getting ready to send uh, some students there in the coming weeks. And then we're also uh, uh, continuing to partner with Pastor Greg in D.C. So we'll send a team uh, to D.C. in the fall to help him launch his church. We're creating and developing a comprehensive orphan care ministry as well. This is something that we're really excited about, a ministry that trains and resources safe families, foster uh, families, families, and adoptions in, in in our church. And so this is gonna be a great way for us to care for the orphans in our community and in our region, really. And so I look forward to sharing more about that. And kids Hope is another ministry we've done in the past. We didn't do it last year, and, and we're ready to do it again this year because we found a new school that is is the poorest school, I believe, in the county. And uh, 100% of the kids are in government assistance, and they need help, those kids, need mentoring. They need someone investing in their life. And so we're gonna send you guys to that campus and bless them and bless those teachers. So so engage the process wherever you're at, take that next step. Thirdly, pray for the process. Pray for the process. You've heard me say that we wanna be a multi-site church. So multi-site to me is simply, we are one church in many locations. And in these other locations, we will have live teaching And we will have a staff that focuses on that community, but we will be one church. And so in the future, when we begin our first satellite, I'm going to be asking you, and I'll be sending some of you to go and be a part of those launches, those those communities. And maybe you'll commit for maybe at least 12 months. Some of you will say, we're going and we're going to stay. So all of these different areas, I'm asking you to pray about that. Pray about what mission opportunities and pray about how you need to get engaged and, and how you would be involved. Our care and counseling ministry is another thing I want you guys to pray about. My, my vision, my dream has always been to have a counseling center uh, next door. And, and, and really a lot of things have to happen for that to exist, but we need to buy land and we need to build the building and all those kinds of things. But I believe this is a huge need in our community. I wanna have a full-time counselor on our staff because the need is so great in this city. It's a great outreach to our community, and it's a great resource for our people to be involved in that. And so so if, if you're one of, the, one of these guys who, man, you, God's blessed you financially, and you're just waiting for that one big idea, that thing that you feel like maybe God would, would put on your heart to do, this is one of those next big things that we as a church are gonna do. And so it's gonna take more property, which means good more parking for us, which, hello, that's a good thing. And then also, Uh, building this facility. And so uh, in the meantime, we want a facility that we can use and counsel people now Um, and and so that folks don't have to come into this big facility during the week. We want something that is local, close by. But if you've got a location, if you've got some property or something, you're like, hey, you guys can use this, let us know. I'm not using your basement because that's weird. But if you've got a cool building, it may work out. Let us know. And then finally, give to the process. Give to the process. Finish strong. It's easy to give to the Christmas offering. It's a little bit more challenging to give regularly a percentage every month. I want to encourage you to give to what God is doing here. Put him first financially. I'm excited about what God's done here, but I also know that there is a lot left to do. And what got us here as a church is not going to keep us here you know, when we talk about how our churches could potentially begin to plateau or decline, it's a reality. We've got to continually manage this tension of what we're feeling. And, and we've got to continually take that next challenge and charge that next hill that God gives before us. Listen, everybody in the country who's at church today, I mean, I, deep down, I would say that they want their church to grow. Yeah, we want to grow. We want, to, we, we want more people to come to know Jesus. But the difference between those churches that experience that and those that don't are that they have a community of believers who are willing to make the changes and to make the sacrifices necessary to continually engage the city with the gospel. If we don't care about young people, we'll die. If we don't care about making changes and continuing to take whatever God puts in front of us and, 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 and doing the things he's called us to do, we will begin to plateau. and We don't wanna see that. We want to continue to experience what the Lord has for us. We want to go out on that limb. We're willing to risk it and go out on the limb because that's where the best fruit is at. We're willing to rock the boat a little bit because we know who the captain of the boat is. So I'm excited about 2017. I believe it's going to be the best year of Foothills Church's life And I believe it's gonna be the best year you've ever experienced as well as we seek the Lord together, as we begin to fulfill everything that he calls us to do. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your vision. I thank you for your word that outlines what you're calling us to do. God, I pray that you would continue to make this church a beacon of light and of hope in this community. I pray that you would multiply us. I pray that you would multiply the leaders I pray that we would see more people come to know Christ and grow in that relationship. We wanna see the gospel transform people's lives. Lord, we're seeing that at Foothills Church and it's so fun to see and it's so much fun to experience. Lord, we're just praying and hoping that we'll be able to do more for you. Let us build your kingdom in this place. Thank you for our church. Bless these teenagers, these students as they continue to, to grow and mature. And Lord, we'll give you the glory and praise for it all. In Jesus' name.